Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Welcome into the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo on this wonderful Friday. Football Friday, a little bit different of a football Friday today with the bye week. But our football Friday, we got a great show scheduled today. We're going to talk with Mark Farzetta later in the show. We'll get his opinion on the Eagles at this point in the season. We'll talk a little bit of 76ers as well, who start their in-season tournament tonight. The NBA Cup, which I gave you guys my opinion on that yesterday, but we'll talk a little bit about that today. And then I want to take a look around the NFL, also look at some of the odds for some Eagles players to win some NFL awards and where they stand right now at basically the midpoint of their season. But welcome into the Philly Sports Power Hour. I see my Power Hour crew in the chat. Let's get a little roll call. Who we got in the house tonight? Wine Niners Wine is here. A Killer Ferret, Dan Kelly Green Burrito, Bobby Murphy, Peter Doty, The Fact Checker, Twiz, Wheels, loving it on this Friday. Vince Engelking checking in. Really enjoying this, that I get my Power Hour crew every day. And on this TGIF, this bi-week Friday, football Friday, like I told you guys yesterday, I love doing the Jacob Sports game day shows. But because of it, I don't really get to sit on the couch and watch the red zone like I used to flashing all around the NFL because we're usually on the air. But we'll get to do it this weekend. And I want to talk a little bit about some games that we should be watching as Eagles fans. But I see you guys still checking in. Mr. Taz, good morning. David, what's up? Appreciate wheels and the fact checker saying hit that like button. Yeah, guys, if you're feeling up to it, hit that like button for us. The more Philadelphia sports fans we could reach, the better. Really appreciate all you guys being here. Brian Davis in the house. Love my Power Hour crew. But before we get into the NFL, just real quickly, 76ers start their NBA Cup tonight against the Detroit Pistons. Should be a dominant performance by the Sixers. The Pistons are not very good this year, 2-7 and seven to start the season. But they start the NBA Cup, and I see – in the chat, Dan Kelly Green Burrito saying that the NBA Cup games have been competitive. It's going to be interesting to see if this NBA Cup works. If teams really care about winning the NBA Cup. Now, they did put some money behind it. So the teams that are successful are going to get a little bit of cash, which is always motivating. But like I said yesterday, this is just more evidence for me about why the NFL needs to be careful extending the season too much. Because the NBA Cup is a prime example of when you have too many regular season games, they don't matter. They don't mean as much. So you have to incorporate things like the NBA Cup to try to make 
meaningless regular season games in the middle of the year mean something. And the NFL better be careful because the reason that we love the NFL is every game matters. And I said it yesterday. You win one week, you're going to the Super Bowl. You lose the next week, you want your coach fired. It is a week-to-week league in the NFL because there's only 17 games. And up until two years ago, there was only 16 games. And you know the NFL is going to extend this to 18. That is a foregone conclusion. But in my opinion, they better stop at 18. You extend this to 20 games. Number one, there's going to be more injuries for sure. And you're already seeing this year the amount of injuries at the quarterback position completely waters down the product. Completely waters down the product. And I know we all get angry about the NFL with these ridiculous roughing the passer calls. Ridiculous. You can't touch the quarterback anymore or you get a penalty. But it's obvious why the NFL is doing it. Look what happens when you don't have good quarterback play in the NFL. Look what happens. The games suck, man. So they better be careful extending these games. And I see more people checking in in the chat. James Jones, our Washington fan. Come on, man. Although I'm rooting for Washington this weekend, we'll talk about that when we take a look around the NFL. And I see Twiz saying hates Thursday night games. The fact checker talking about oversaturation that they've already pushed it now with the 9.30 a.m. on Sunday and the Thursday night games. I got to be honest, though, as much as I dislike Thursday night because I don't like the Thursday night games, I don't mind the 930 Sunday morning game. I kind of like that. I kind of like the 930 Sunday morning game. And look, they're trying to extend to an international audience, but I don't mind the 930 on Sunday morning. Maybe it's because I do the Jacob Sports Game Day show, so it allows me to watch a game at 930 in the morning. But I see Philly 559 checking in, MC in the house, Andrew Dirk, go birds. David LaPrade Jr. saying hopefully they don't add any more. But really, I, I'm hoping they don't add any more games because I do think it weakens the product. But look, NBA has to do something to make people interested in the regular season. So they got the NBA Cup. Sixers play tonight against the Pistons. They play again on Sunday against the Pacers. Not an NBA Cup game. Just a regular season game. If you're Flyers fans, you're going to be up late tonight and this weekend. They have finishing out their West Coast road trip against the Anaheim Ducks and then the LA Kings. So we will see. The Jedi King checking in. Go Birds. Love it. Johnny Bottles checking in. What is up? But this Sunday, we do not have any Eagles football. So what should we be doing as Eagles fans on Sunday? Well, there's a lot of good games that are going to mean something to this Philadelphia Eagles season. So we'll take a look at those. But I see you guys in the chat talking about Thursday night football. And I am not a fan of Thursday night football, especially when you have a game like we saw last night. My God, was that tough to watch. The only interesting thing was Jason Kelsey making an appearance pregame, in the booth during the game, and then on postgame. What a boring game. Two really bad football teams with the Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers, man. You feel bad because Al Michaels is so good 
and this is how he's going to end his career, calling these ridiculously bad Thursday night games. Brutal, man. Absolutely brutal. But I'm watching that game last night, and it brought me back to, you guys remember after Doug Peterson won Super Bowl 52, Frank Reich moves on, gets the job in Indianapolis, and all we wanted to talk about in this town was, oh, it was all Frank Reich. Doug Peterson struggles without Frank Reich. Oh, they never should have let Frank Reich walk. He was the reason they won that Super Bowl. Well, as you look back now, you think that was Dougie P or you think that was Frank Reich? Look at the job Dougie P is doing in Jacksonville compared to what Frank Reich has done in the last three seasons in particular. He had a couple good years in Indianapolis. But you look at Frank Reich, as a head coach, he's 41-41. and In the last three seasons, he has a record of 13-21. and Look, I like Frank Reich. Seems like he's a good dude. He did contribute to that Super Bowl 52 run, for sure. Was a great voice in the ear of Nick Foles as a backup, since Frank Reich experienced what Nick Foles was experiencing. But he has not impressed me as a head coach. And he made some decisions last night. If you guys watched that game last night, Frank Reich made some decisions that just had me scratching my head. They're down 16-10 late in the third quarter. It's fourth and five from the Chicago 45. And they punt. Zero aggressiveness. Now, I get it. Your offense hasn't been doing much all day. But come on, man. What do you got to lose? Your team stinks. What are they now? What are the what are the Panthers now? One and one and eight? What are the Carolina Panthers right now? Let me see here. Yeah, one and eight. You're one and seven. Like, what are you doing? Show some aggressiveness. So show some faith in your rookie quarterback. They punt. Then they're down 16-10. Fourth quarter, fourth and five from the Chicago 20. They kick a field goal. Okay. Make it a three-point game. Again, just show some aggressiveness. You're one and seven at that point. You're not doing anything this year. Go for it. But I thought the worst. You're down 16-13, 1.40 left in the game, fourth and 10, and you choose to try a 59-yard field goal that clearly was missed game over. Just not loving Frank Reich and his decisions. And then you got Miles Sanders on that team. He's definitely missing that Eagles offensive line. What do you think? In four years in Philadelphia, Miles Sanders had an average yards per carry of over five yards per carry. So far in Carolina, 3.2. And it's not Miles Sanders. I, I still think Miles Sanders is a decent back. But against that offensive line with a quarterback who can't do much, who's not Jalen Hurts, not even close, He's only averaging 3.2 yards per carry. So, feeling for, feeling for Miles Sanders. And look, if you guys remember, Miles didn't want to leave. Eagles just weren't going to pay him. 
the way you value the running back position, they weren't going to pay him anywhere near the amount of money he got in Carolina. So as much as I feel bad for him on the field, he's doing just fine off the field with the payday he got. So I see the fact checker. He stopped being a receiving threat after Wentz left. If you're talking about Miles Sanders, the interesting thing is he's already matched the amount of receptions that he had all of last season. He's already got 20 catches out of the backfield for the Carolina Panthers. He only had 20 all of last season, Miles Sanders. So they're trying to use him a little bit more out of the backfield, but that offense just sucks, man. They put up 13 points last night. Seven of them came on a punt return. So that Carolina Panthers offense against a really bad Chicago team puts up six points. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. But speaking of our boy, Dougie P, we got to be rooting for Dougie P. I root for Dougie P every single week, but we really got to be rooting for Dougie P on Sunday. So I told you guys there's a lot of good games on this weekend, a lot of things as Eagles fans that we should be watching. Maybe none bigger than Doug Peterson at 1 o'clock on Sunday hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Now, you know the Eagles' goal is we want to be the number one seed in the NFC. You want to get that by. And remember, guys, the NFL changed the playoff format. There's only one team that gets a bye now. No longer do you get two. Remember, it used to be the top two seeds would get a bye. Now only the number one seed gets a bye. So being that number one seed is a big deal. And we want the NFC coming through Philly and Lincoln Financial Field to try to get to the Super Bowl. So a big weekend, Eagles get to sit at home 8-1 and and watch the other teams vying for the top seed in the NFC having some big games. But none bigger than Dougie P going up against the 5-3 and San Francisco 49ers. And I know Wine Niners Wine is here in the chat. I haven't seen our Niners all damn day recently. Curious if he's here in the chat. He's kind of gone quiet after three straight losses and Brock Purdy coming back down to earth a little bit. But a big game in Jacksonville, 1 o'clock. The 5-3 and three San Francisco 49ers go up against the 6-2 and two Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jaguars have won five games in a row. They are hot. And the 49ers have lost three in a row. But the Niners are favored in this game. I thought it was an interesting line. The game is in Jacksonville, and the Niners are favored by three. Interesting. But we're going to learn a lot about Brock Purdy on Sunday. Because he really had not had to face any adversity in his rookie year. At all. Well, now you got three straight losses. I think he's turned the ball over six times in those three games. So it's interesting to see what does Brock Purdy do on the road against a very good Jacksonville Jaguars team. That's the game I'm looking forward to the most. Because if the Jacksonville Jaguars can pull out a win in that game and the 49ers fall to five and four, it's going to be impossible for them to try to get the number one seed. They may not even win their division at that point. So a big game for the 49ers. A big game for the 49ers. And a big game for the Jags. 
So that's the game I'm looking forward to. I'll be rooting for Dougie P. But you look around this NFC, and for the Philadelphia Eagles to get the number one seed, they're really battling four teams. You got the Niners, the Lions, the Seahawks, and the Dallas Cowboys still have a shot. That was a big win for the Eagles on Sunday, obviously. But they still have a shot. And all, all four of those teams are in action. So the only one playing at 1 o'clock are the 49ers against the Jags. But then another big game, 4 o'clock, the Detroit Lions on the road at the Los Angeles Chargers. And we went over this last week, guys, when I looked at all of these teams. The easiest remaining schedule is the Detroit Lions. They got the Chargers this week on the road, but they still have two games against the lowly Chicago Bears. They got a game against the Denver Broncos. They still have a game against two games against the Minnesota Vikings, which looked like they were going to be easy games when Cousins went down, but you never know with this Josh Dobbs. I like Josh Dobbs. You've heard me say it before. I'm high on Josh Dobbs. So Detroit's got an easier schedule, but this is a game that they could lose on the road against the Chargers. Chargers have won two in a row. Haven't looked great, been up and down, but they still got Justin Herbert at quarterback. Still have Keenan Allen at wide receiver. How incredible has Keenan Allen's career been? That guy just keeps catching footballs, man. Keeps putting up yards. Really unbelievable what Keenan Allen has done. But Detroit, another team on the road favored by three. So you got the Niners favored by three in Jacksonville. You got the Lions favored by three in L.A. against the Chargers. So that's an interesting game we should be watching as well because a big, big game for the Lions. If they fall to six and three, fall in two two games behind the Philadelphia Eagles, it makes this next few game stretch for the Eagles a little bit easier. Because we've talked about it. Eagles are 8-1. and one. They should win the last three games of the year, twice against the Giants, one against Arizona. Well, that would get them to 11 wins. So, really, at that point, 11-1. and one, And then you got this stretch coming up. If they could win three of them, they're almost guaranteed the number one seed. So, some big games there. And then you also have the Seahawks in action. That's a tough game for Washington. Washington Commanders on the road at Seattle. Seattle's favored by six and a half points in that game. But hey, Sam Howe, man, coming off two 300-yard performances in the top five in the NFL in passing yards. Don't look now. Sam Howe doing some things. And Seattle's coming off a tough loss to the Baltimore Ravens. So I think Seattle's probably going to win that game. They'll go to six and two, excuse me, six and three on the year. But they got a tough schedule coming up. After Washington, they're at LA. And then listen to this three game stretch San Fran, at Dallas, at San Fran, Eagles. Seattle's got a tough schedule. So I'm not as concerned about the Seahawks. And then you look at the Dallas Cowboys. This is embarrassing. For Giants fans, if there's any Giants fans in the chat, you should be embarrassed. The Giants are a 17-point dog on the road in Dallas. Are you kidding me? This is like college, man, with that point spread. 
The Dallas Cowboys are 17-point favorites against the New York Giants this week. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. All my Giants friends telling me in the offseason, watch out. Giants are going to win the NFC East. Daniel Jones, better than Jalen Hurts, please. Two and seven and a 17-point dog against the Cowboys. But, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to be joined by Mark Farzetta. I told you yesterday we usually do Thursdays with Farzy, but we get Friday with Farzy. We're going to talk to him about the Philadelphia Eagles, a little bit of Sixers talk, and get his opinion on the rest of the NFL. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with Mark Farzetta. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Philly Sports Power Hour. And one of my favorite parts of every week is being joined by my man, Mark Farzetta. But we get him on Friday this week 
Fridays with Farzy. What's going on, brother? <laughs> What's going on, man? Friday is a better day to party anyway, so let's party. You know what I'm saying? Well, this is the power hour, man. <laughs> exactly. This is the power hour. We, we should, honestly, maybe uh, maybe we do a, a, a Jacob Media uh, feature, a, a special, where it's just you and me on a Friday night actually having a real power hour while delivering piping hot sports takes. That could break the internet, Farzy. <laughs> Could break the internet. And I was watching Farzy this morning on the Farzy show. If you guys haven't watched that yet, make sure you check in every single day from 6 to 7. And my understanding is you're dad in hardcore today. So we may get a little visit from your <laughs> we get a visit from your daughter. Huh? Well, uh, here's the good news. So uh, my daughter was sick pretty much all week. My son was sick before that. Now my wife's sick. And that just means it's on its way to me. You know the deal, right? So uh, I had the kids, uh, you know, for the last couple of days uh, because the, the wife was away on a little business trip. She comes back later today. The kids had no fever. They felt great this morning. So they are at school. I get to do other hard dad projects today with the kids being uh, at school slash daycare. So I, I get to dad hard now, but in a different in a different way. Like I have to build a uh, – I got to build a wine rack. I'll be doing that later today. That is literally – I'm going to get down to having this great time with you onto the wine rack. That's what's going to happen next. Well, I appreciate you taking time away from your important things to, <laughs> to, join, to join the power hour. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the Eagles and the NFL, but before we do, let's talk a little bit of Sixers because I know you're a big Sixers fan. How big of a win was that against the Boston Celtics the other night? Man? I, I, I did post-game shows throughout the entire Philly season. You know that. A lot of people in the chat know that and all that stuff. And it was so much fun. I love baseball, and baseball is my first love. But I I, I did a post-game show after the Sixers beat the Celtics because as excited, Bill, as you can be after the seventh game of the season, I was as excited as you should possibly be. Beating the Celtics is always a great thing. Beating them in this regard is even better because you lost to the Bucs that just lost again last night, by the way. Uh, you improved the six and one. You're the the top team in the Eastern Conference. The Nuggets are all to a great start in the Western Conference at eight and one. So the Sixers being able to do that against the Celtics, be able to control the vast majority of that game. They had trouble in the fourth in the first quarter. Then they had trouble closing out the third, uh, the fourth quarter. It was fantastic to watch Tyrese Maxey take over that game. My favorite part of the game was it was about the first five minutes of the fourth quarter. When Tyrese Maxey was on the floor, Joel Embiid wasn't, and I was like, "All right, this is Nick Nurse. This is what this is what Nick Nurse has done in his rotations." But this is Nick Nurse more or less saying to Tyrese Maxey, "All right, young fella, keep the Sixers in front, keep control of this basketball game." And Tyrese Maxey comes out, floater, 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 hit I believe five floaters in the first four minutes of the fourth quarter to help keep the Sixers in control, keep the Sixers in front, and then Joel Embiid came in with a beautiful block. Chef's kiss fadeaway uh, right in the eye. I think he drew, drew Tatum on that on that play and hit it right in his eye for the uh, you know for basically the, what iced the game for the Sixers. So huge win. Love that they got it, and it only helps set the tone for the rest of the season. And they did a good job on defense too, holding that Celtics team to only one hundred three. Tatum only put up sixteen points. But what I said yesterday on the show that I just really love about this team is they're fun to watch again. Not only are they well-coached and they're an exciting brand of basketball, I like everybody on this team. Because I said it, last year, as much as you wanted to get behind the beard, James Harden, he's a tough guy to like because you know his history. You knew it was only a matter of time before he was going to be unhappy here. So at least now you look at this team, and there's a lot of good personalities. I love the way they play. I love the depth. So I'm excited for the Sixers. I know it's early. 
I know they still may break our heart in the playoffs, but I'm all in. I'm all in. I'll put it to you like this. I said before the season that we were going to have an 82-game preseason. And then the only thing that matters, I don't give a damn about the midseason tournament. Good God. Uh, but uh, the only thing that matters is the playoffs. So, I, look, show me that you're going to be better than the second round. Show me you could actually contend to make it to the, to the finals. And I didn't think the Sixers were going to do that with James Harden. You don't know how good they can be with Tyrese Maxey, which is, as we talked about before, is the most enticing part of this trade. And I certainly did not think that a trade was going to make me this much more optimistic about the very near future, this year, next year, of the 76ers, that as optimistic as this James Harden trade has made me. And it's not just because of the two first-round picks. It's because of the room that Tyrese Maxey now has to grow. And as far as, yes, I love the personalities on this team, and I always think Tobias Harris has been a very good basketball player that has been asked to take a – Certainly a lesser role, which sucks when he has that huge Kajunga mega huge contract. But you're seeing the best version of Tobias Harris. You're seeing him hit numbers that he hasn't hit since he was with the Clippers under Doc Rivers all those years ago when they traded for him to be part of that Jimmy Butler team. Um, but it's also the immediate future. It's the growth for, growth for Tyrese Maxey. And above all else, the ball movement on this team. There was a shot that DeAnthony Melton had against the Celtics. He ended up missing, and it really sucked that he missed that shot because it would have been the most beautiful icing on the cake. It would have been a cherry on top of the Sunday if he would have hit it because the ball went from Maxi at the top of the key to Embiid at the foul line, Embiid in the corner to Harris, Harris back to Embiid, Embiid to Harris, or Embiid to Maxi at the top of the key, kicked it out to DeAnthony Melton, and I'm like, oh, God, hit this three. That was beautiful ball movement, and he clanked it. And I was like, damn it. But you don't, you didn't see that before with James Harden. You didn't see that before with Doc Rivers. You didn't see it with Brett Brown. You see it now with this 76ers team. And the fact that they have that kind of chemistry, offensively speaking, this early in the season, fantastic. Love it. And I can't wait to see more of it this year. It's exciting. And you mentioned DeAnthony Melton. He was probably the guy who had the worst game against the yeah. Celtics, but Yeah. Hopefully he'll bounce back. But before we move on to the Eagles, you mentioned the in-season tournament, the NBA Cup. And you said that you're not a huge fan. I've been saying it on this show, too, that I could not care less about this NBA Cup. Mm. But yeah. you, you agree with me. Basically what this is, people know the regular season games in the NBA really don't matter. They rest their stars a lot. So this is a way to just kind of make it interesting in the middle of the season because there's just too many NBA regular season games. Yeah. Um, so how is this interesting? <laughs> like, and, I, and, I, and I'm not saying... I'm not saying it's you. I, you're 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 saying the case that the NBA has made. This is I you. agree with you. Yeah. Okay. So everyone's like, "Well, you got to make it more interesting." I'm like, "All right, cool. How do how do you make it more interesting?" And they're like, "Well, we're gonna have this tournament, right?" I'm like, "Oh yeah. Yeah. What happens in the tournament?" They're like, "Well, they, they they play." I'm like, "Oh, like should they 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 should do in the actual season?" Well, yeah, but they're actually play. Oh, interesting. Okay. So what happens if they win? Where's the parade? Does the parade go down Broad Street to the stadiums? Or does the parade up Broad Street and then go over to Parkway, over to the art museum? Where does the parade happen? Or do we just like march around the Wells Fargo Center? Or better yet, we march around Camden. We have a parade in Camden that for the Sixers around the practice facility. Uh, we'll go into the Tweeter Center or the Susquehanna Bank Center or the BBNT Center or the, whatever the center is now. We'll go around. Better yet, let's go. Let's do. It. We'll parade around the deck of the Battleship New Jersey. That's what we'll do if the Sixers win the in-season tournament. I think it is the dumbest. I think it is. You know what it is. Whenever I go to a basketball game with my dad, and, and I, my dad is a big hoops fan, bigger college fan than he is an NBA fan, but I, I'll never forget going to an NBA game with my dad, and they started playing music during during play. And I think that's just 
throughout our lifetime, I think that's been just what they do. But my dad makes a comment all the time. If we're watching a game, if we're at a game, you know they're only playing music because the product's not that interesting, right? Like, and I, I, and it's so true. They like they got it. They got to provide a soundtrack to it. It's not like baseball where there's the occasional interlude. You know, it's not like hockey where there's the occasional interlude. It's not like uh, football. It, we need to provide a soundtrack to our product because it ain't that good. So to the twenty billionth degree. Our product isn't good enough. Our stars don't want to play enough. Our stars are in the load management more than anything. So now we have to have a tournament where we're going to pay them more money and the coaches more money to do what they should be doing already. This ain't it. As the kids say, Bill, this ain't it. My fear is that the Sixers are going to win this damn thing. Because it's going to be would be typical Philly, right? We haven't been able to get past the second round, but we're going to win the NBA Cup, and you're going to see Embiid holding it up, being the MVP of the NBA Cup. That's my fear. I don't want to see him win this damn thing. <laughs> I want the real goddamn thing. I, this is the oh my! I, I look. I think Adam Silver has done a remarkable job. The the, the 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 Sterling stuff immediately when he took over as the commissioner, the NBA bubble. I think he has done, for the most part, a fantastic job as a commissioner, and it's you don't you don't dole out compliments to commissioners of any sport easily. Okay, this is just so stupid, and I get that that soccer or football does this, right? I think it's I think that is so pathetic to be at this stage where it's like, all right, no one's gonna play, so you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna have two championships. That'll that'll get them in. Like I just I think it's a for lack of a better term, it's a hail mary of an attempt to make the regular season of the NBA even more interesting. Well, I've been saying that I think this is a cautionary tale for the NFL because what we love about the NFL is that because there is a limited amount of regular season games, every game matters. We live the highs and the lows each week. If they keep extending the NFL season and they keep adding games, you're going to get to a point where every game no longer matters and then you fall into this NBA ridiculousness of trying to do things to make the games matter. So, cautionary tale, NFL. We already have to put up with the horrible Thursday night game. Did you watch that game last night, Farzi? You know what? I feel like any Eagles fan that watched that game, and yes, I did, to answer your question, I felt like we got a nice little treat. Little Jason Kelsey, right? I was like, it was, it, you know what it was? It was like, a, remember back in the day before cell phones when you would like pop over your friend's house? Or your friend would just pop in and be like, hey, my friend's here. Or like your favorite cousin knock on the door. Like, oh, hey. That's what it was like. It was like, oh, Jason Kelsey's over. Jason, come on in. I got a tasty cake cake right here for you. Come on, sit down. Let's talk. That's what it was like. And I had this epiphany. He could be the next John Madden if he wants to be. I think he could do anything he wants to do when he when he retires, See, man. And that's that, look. I, I love the show New Heights. Uh, I think he is a fascinating character. I when Jason Kelsey was first drafted, I don't know what it was about him, but I was just like, this guy is. I had a chance to talk to him when he was a rookie, and I was like, this guy, he just gets it. Like if he turns out, to, if he turns out to be something, he's going to take the city by storm. I swear, and I said that to him, and. Um, he turned out to be a Hall of Fame center and a Super Bowl champion. Uh, and, yes, he took the city by storm. But, yes, he could do literally anything he wants to do. He really can, whether that's just in the business world or that is uh, in the broadcast world. But we've heard him on the show. We've heard him as a guest throughout other things. We've seen him on TV. We had never, we had never heard him in the broadcast booth of a football game. 
and I'm listening to him. And first off, just as, as someone who hosts, and you you know this as well, he was a great guest in that he allowed Al Michaels to do the play-by-play, even if he was in the middle of uh, an answer or a story, he would stop. Al Michaels would do the and up the middle for three yards, whatever is Chubba Hubbard, whatever. And then he'd go back to the story about talking about the 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 the, um, uh, the, the, the tush push, the brotherly shove. He with Kurt Her- he allowed Kurt, Kurt Herbstreit enough uh, room to breathe to be able to do the analysis. And then he would chime in with some analysis. And I'm listening to it, and I go, the thing that made John Madden so spectacular was the ability to do the X's and O's for the you know the real hardcore football fan and then the lighthearted story or humorous thing for the person that was a casual fan there that didn't really give that much of a damn and they just wanted to be entertained. And he could do both phenomenally well. So if he wants to go into that avenue, man, some primetime broadcast would be real lucky to have him. Or or maybe, uh, maybe Fox, maybe uh, FX1, I don't know, FX or something. Maybe they do a, a Kelsey Brothers, a Kelsey cast during like the Fox game of the week or something like that. Um, but he would just be fantastic. And I agree with you. Anything he does, he can do really well. Yeah. And that Manning cast, the ratings are actually dropping. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, oh I did not see that. Okay. Yeah, the, Man- the Manning cast is not doing as well this season as it has in other They years, need the but... Kelsey cast. They need the Kelsey cast then. Kelsey cast would be huge, man. It'd be <laughs> huge. Just checking in in the chat real quick. Guys, if you like Mark Farzetta, hit that like button for us. But I see somebody asking about what, the winning players on the NBA Cup team would get. So the players on the winning team would each get 500 grand. The runners up get 200 grand. The losing players in the semifinals get 100 grand. And the losing players in the quarterfinals get 50 grand. So they're trying to put some money behind it, but still, it sucks. That's me and Farzi's opinion on it. I forget then, that. Uh, What's Tommy Lee Jones' character? And uh, fugitive, I forget his his detective, his Mar- U.S. Marshal, whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. When he he says to Harris Ford, uh, you know, you're whatever, you're under arrest, and he goes, uh, Doctor Richard Kimball, Harris Ford goes, uh, I didn't kill my wife, and he looks right at him and goes, I don't care. <laughs> that is that is what I think about when I think about things like the NBA tournament. But I'm sorry, yes, go ahead. Yeah. And then uh, Wine Niners Wine proposes for the NFL because we said we don't want to extend it too much. 18 games, two bye weeks, one preseason game thoughts. I think that's where it's probably headed. I think they're definitely going to add a game. There's no way they're keeping it at 17. But do they go to two bye weeks when they go to 18 games? What do you think, Farzi? I think they do. Uh, and I think that Roger Goodell has had this in mind all along. Roger Goodell has t- taken the NFL to the highest of highs that it has ever experienced. And you know what? Credit to him. He has done a great job building the brand of the shield since taking over. But if you ever watch a movie and they got the bad guy, there's always some great thing that they're doing, but they're menacing about something else. And ultimately what I feel like he is menacing, what he is scheming for is another division, another conference, another something in Europe. Uh, a team or two in Europe, in London, in Germany, whatever it might, in England, in Germany, wherever, whatever the case may be. And if he does that and expands to 18 games, that guarantees another bye week. And I ultimately think that that is his end goal. If this is his last contract that he just signed, I think by the end of it, he wants to have NFL teams, or in this case, GFL teams, Global Football League. Uh, 
he wants to have other teams overseas ready to play in his league. And you don't do that without another bye week. You don't do that without 18 games. And I think they're going to add on to the schedule, certainly, and add that bye week and expand to other teams as well. So, yes, to answer the question. So, interestingly, I read an article by Mike Florio today on Pro Football Talk, and he makes a good point. If the NFL expands their teams, we're going to have a really watered-down product because there's not enough good quarterbacks available. You already are seeing it. There's not 32 franchise quarterbacks in this league. And when you don't have good quarterbacks, the product on the field isn't as good. That's why the NFL goes through so many things to try to protect these QBs. You add a couple of teams. Where are you finding the damn quarterbacks to make these teams competitive? That's a problem. Yeah, you know what? Uh, You're right, and I'll use it again. I don't think the fans care. The fans will say it sucks. The fan, like the the, the Bears fans, are still watching. You know, (laughs) you know what I'm saying. So bad. Falcons fans are still watching. NFL fans are watching. You know why? Because the NFL has the most beautiful, most amazing, most incredible little side hustle got going on. Two of them, as a matter of fact, but both kind of are the same thing. Fantasy sports and gambling. And it doesn't matter. As long as I, no one, you know what, in all honesty, the only product that people really truly give a damn about is the referees. During the replacement referee BS that that we went through a couple, you know, what, 10 years ago almost? That you can't have people question the integrity of the game as it's officiated. People already do that enough. To know you don't have the best people doing it, that made people pissed off as all hell. But if you have a crappy football team, it doesn't matter. You're still going to watch. You're going to watch that crappy football team on a Thursday night because you got Chubba Hubbard on your fantasy team. It's going to matter because you got uh, the Bears defense or whatever on your fantasy. You're going to watch. It's the greatest thing. The Eagles, excuse me. The NFL has made every ounce of their product an investment for their viewer. And you have the opportunity to watch that investment go up and down as you're watching. So it doesn't matter if their quarterback blows. It just matters that they're playing. Yeah. Even if they're, it just matters that they have somebody on that team that somebody's going to watch because they're on their fantasy team or they bet the over. People love watching the crappy teams. Bet the over under to it. They don't give a damn. The NFL has a foolproof product. They can water it down as much as they want. People are still going to watch. And I'm guilty of it, too. I sat there <laughs> watching, so that whole, watching that whole stupid game last night, man, with two horrible offenses. And I, I, before you came on, I was talking about Frank Reich. And Do you remember when Reich left to go to Indianapolis and the Eagles kind of struggled a little bit to start the 2018 season and everyone's saying, you see, it was all Frank Reich. It was all him that yeah, won right. a Super Bowl 52. <laughs> and now you look and. Dougie P, man, big game this weekend for Dougie P. He can help the Eagles out if they can beat the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. How about the Niners? They've lost three in a row. That's insane. That's absolutely bonkers. Um, I I look at it like this. Uh, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars are what come off to me as a very well-balanced team. And I don't remember that balance being here in Philadelphia until the Eagles players themselves told Doug Peterson, we got to balance this up, man. <laughs> the pass, the run and pass ratio is atrocious, but he's got a great amount of confidence in Trevor Lawrence. He's got a great amount of confidence in um, uh, ETN, of course, running the ball out of the backfield. Uh, Evan Ingram and Trevor Lawrence were one of the best uh, tight end quarterback ratio, uh, the, the tandems in the first uh, five weeks of the season. They have really seemed to way through injuries 
especially on the offensive side of the football, been able to find their way to victories. And they're what? They won five in a row now going into this game. They they could do the Eagles a huge favor. You're right. If they were able to take care of business against San Francisco 49ers, who look like they're not exactly hitting a stride right about now. We've seen the Cowboys fall apart. We've seen now the 49ers fall apart. Hopefully that continues. The team in the NFC that has my attention right now more so than anybody. The Detroit the, Lions. The Detroit Lions. A thousand percent. You talk about a balanced attack. You look at their backfield. You look at their offensive line. And look, their offensive line is great. I don't want to take anything away from them, but we always talk about the Eagles' offensive line as being great. I feel like the, the Detroit Lions' offensive line has the bigger opportunity to show off with how much Dan Campbell is committed to his run game and how much Jared Goff trusts that run game and trusts that offensive line at the same time. I'd like to see the Eagles have a little bit more of that, and maybe with Cam Jurgens coming back after the bye week, fingers crossed, that'll happen. But, man, Detroit, offensively, defensively, they look like a team that is, uh, unfortunately to some people, a little bit under the radar. But if you've been watching them, and I know they played the Raiders and they were incredible against the Raiders, but, damn, that was a scary game. Anytime you line up against any NFL team, I don't give a damn if they just absolutely suck or they're just, you know, middle of the road. Anytime you see a defense eat like they ate against Jimmy Garoppolo, um, that was uh, that was pretty impressive. So, yeah, the Detroit Lions have my attention. Yeah, Dan Campbell, looking at the updated odds here, is the favorite to win coach of the year right now at plus 180. Closest to him is Mike McDaniel in Miami at plus 400. Our man Nick Sirianni is the sixth best odds at plus 1,500. And surprisingly, Dougie P plus 1,600. Eighth. I mean, I think the job Dougie P has done. You look at, he took over that Jaguars team after Urban Meyer destroyed it. Three and fourteen in twenty twenty one, but he could help us out this weekend. And you talk about the Detroit Lions. I said it before you came on, Eagles fans. We got some good games to watch on Sunday, watching the Red Zone all day. Four o'clock, the Lions are on the road in L.A. against the Chargers, a three point favorite. But the Chargers could win that game. I'm not picking the Chargers to win, but they could win that game. Yeah, um, I. I don't – Justin Herbert's a very talented quarterback. I think we might have had this conversation before. Speaking of hype, like, I don't really buy in a lot to the Justin Herbert hype that a lot of people are on. Like, for instance, coming into the season, some people had him ranked as, like, the fourth best quarterback in the league. I'm like, that feels a little high. Um, I would love for the Lions – I think that if the Lions go out there and they win that game in L.A., I feel like that would grab a lot of people's attention. They are, what, coming off that – they played against the Ravens most recently. So they played against a team that I think is the best team in the AFC in the Baltimore Ravens. They have an opportunity to go out there against another AFC team and kind of raise the bar a little bit more for themselves. They win that game, and I think they can. That's going to be a, a rather impressive victory for them, especially to do it on the road. And I think they, they would have a lot of people's heads turning in their direction to give them the proper respect going forward. Yeah, it'd be nice to see Niners lose in Jacksonville, Lions lose in L.A., Seahawks lose at home against the Commanders? Nah, uh, that, that's going to be tough. But then how about this, Farzee? The New York Giants are 17-point dogs in Dallas. How <laughs> embarrassing is that? Is that what it's up to now, 17? 17 freaking points. <laughs> they got no respect for Tommy DeVito. They got no <laughs> respect for Tommy DeVito out of you North love, Jersey. You love Tommy uh, DeVito. I'll let tell, let me, let, Bill, he's our cousin. So anyway, uh, Tommy DeVito, that man... Oh my God! North Jer third, <laughs> third player to start a game at quarterback. Did you see in the NFL 
I think it's 10. I think when he takes his first snap, it'll be 10 different players around the league um, that have made their NFL debut a quarterback or as a starter. I think it's, it's some, some, like, I can't think of the exact stat, but there's like 10 of Tommy DeVito's out there right now in the NFL. And that ain't a great thing. Um, but look, I, th- I mean, I, w- I thought about this in the other end. And this is, this is crazy that you're getting into this. This is of the games that I was really telling people this morning to watch and really going to be paying attention to were the 49ers in Jacksonville. It was Lions and uh, Chargers. It was Giants in Dallas, uh, Cowboys. And then, of course, it was uh, Commanders at Seattle. Both those last two games are 425 start times. But this game would be the greatest gift we could possibly get. If Tommy DeVito and the New York Giants go into Dallas and continue to lay a – not lay a beat down, but continue the downward fall of the – the demise, I should say, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, my goodness gracious. That would be such a beautiful Sunday. That would be such a beautiful Sunday. I don't think it happens, but um, but it, it would be beautiful. It would and be beautiful, and I wouldn't put it past the Cowboys to somehow choke that game away. And Steve Ike says it in the chat. It's Paisan season. <laughs> it's Paisan season. I love it, Steve Ike. It's Tommy DeVito's going to be before the game getting that pastina. He's going to eat that pastina ready uh, to go. <laughs> yeah, my grandma would make him some good pastina. Oh. I'll tell you that. Oh, the cure-all, penicillin. Well, look, before I let you run, we didn't even really get to talk about our Eagles. But real quickly, Farzi, how does Mark Farzetta feel about this Philadelphia Eagles team here at the bye, 8-1, and one, best team in the NFC? All right, I'll give it to you like this. Uh, five things I really loved about the first half of the season. I made this list up, um, and I'll, I'll rattle it off to you. Jalen Hurts' toughness, Jalen Hurts' efficiency, Jalen Hurts' ability to come back, one of my favorite things about it. And when you got a quarterback that you can rely on like Jalen Hurts, you can go a very, 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 very long way. Back to the Super Bowl. Win a Super Bowl, perhaps. And Jalen Hurts always makes me feel like the team is in it and the team has a chance to win. Even their craptastic game, even his craptastic game against the New York Jets, it felt like they were in it to the very end. And then, unfortunately, he made one of the worst throws and worst decisions he has made in his entire career, and they lost. Um, Hassan Reddick closing out games in the fourth quarter. This defensive line closing out games in the fourth quarter. I've loved that about the first half of the season. Jalen Carter, I have loved in the first half of the season. Uh, A.J. Brown, I feel fantastic about A.J. Brown. His ball or nobody's ball, as he said last year in the six straight games of 125-plus yards or more, uh, is fantastic. Three things I need to see in the second half of the season. One is the most obvious, and it bleeds into two and three. One is healthy. Get everybody healthy. Everyone, after this bye week, I don't know what you need to do. Get the magic ointment. Get in the hot tub. Relax. Get in the, the, the what were those things called? The hyperbaric chambers back in the day? People be Little dragging them to Lehigh. Yeah, exactly. Get in that thing, right? Get back healthy. Get Cam Jurgens back on the defensive line. Get Bradley Roby back as your nickel corner. Uh, Cam Jurgens back on the offensive line. Uh, get Bradley Roby back as your uh, nickel corner. Get uh, Kevin Byard used to this secondary. Sean Desai, deploy him in the best possible position to make him look like that all pro again. And then the last thing I need to see in the second half of the season here, I got to see a commitment to the run. I got it. If Cam Jurgens is back, and I know you know the numbers, I know you've rattled them off many times, but man. Give the def- give the offense an opportunity to show off what DeAndre Swift can do and get him back to the status that we saw him for, what, three straight weeks and there's already – or that still has him right now thanks to that production. What, the fourth leading rusher in the NFL? Crazy. Let's get back to that. Let's, that'll help spell Jalen Hurts, get him healthy also, and that'll help the Eagles be able to push through the end of the, to the end of the season. Awesome. Well, Farzi, I appreciate you taking this time with us on this TGIF. 
I won't get to see you this weekend. We get the weekend off with the bye. I love it. I know. It. I'm very no, I'm emotional about it, man. I'm gonna miss you, bro. I'm gonna miss you. I'm hey, FaceTime me, brother. FaceTime me, whatever you want. <laughs> I'll be I'll be making pastina and I'll, I'll FaceTime you. Yeah. Farzi, I appreciate it, my man. I'll talk to you soon. See you guys. Take it easy. Love when Farzi joins the Power Hour, always gives us some good stuff. And I see you guys in the chat saying, is it Red Bull? Is it espresso? Farzi loves his espresso. He's got a lot of energy. But be sure to check out the Farzi show at 6 a.m. every day, Monday through Friday. And I appreciate you guys saying we need another hour of the Power Hour. But we're almost done the show, so we're just going to keep it here, guys, and I'll close it out. But I see some people talking about the midseason awards Wine Niners Wine talking about the midseason awards. But let's take a look at the odds for some of these awards for the whole season because, hey, midseason doesn't mean anything. Midseason doesn't mean anything. It's what can we do this season in its entirety. Well, first off, Eagles have the best odds or second best odds to win the Super Bowl, but the best odds from the NFC to win the Super Bowl. Still the Kansas City Chiefs have the best odds to repeat as Super Bowl champions at plus 475. And Philadelphia Eagles right behind them at plus 550. The next closest team is still the 49ers at plus 600. So even with their three-game loss, even with Brock Purdy struggling, Eagles are number two, and the Niners are right behind them at plus 600, number three. But we'll see. I mean, this Kansas City Chiefs team, you, you guys will talk about it next week as we start to break down the Eagles-Chiefs Monday night matchup, which should be a great game. This is not the Chiefs team you guys are used to seeing. They have a really good defense. They are not winning games because of that offense. They are winning games because of how good their defense is, and we'll talk about it next week. But then let's look at some other futures here. MVP. Jalen Hurts is tied with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, all three have the same odds to win the MVP this season. And I think if Jalen Hurts can keep it up and the Eagles can keep winning and he stays healthy, please, if he stays healthy, this is the year Jalen Hurts should win that damn MVP, man. And I gave you guys the numbers yesterday about how similar the starts of the season are. Last year, everybody was saying, oh, Jalen Hurts is the MVP through nine weeks. He's pretty good. Damn similar to the same numbers, man. They're eight and one. Last year, he had 2,200 yards passing. This year, over 2,300 yards passing. Last year, 14 throwing touchdowns. This year, 15. Last year, 350 yards rushing. This year, 315. Seven touchdowns each year on the ground. I mean, the guy's doing pretty much the same thing he did last year, and everybody was talking about Jalen last year. So I think he's got to be the MVP this year if he can keep this up. Some other ones where the Eagles are in the mix for offensive player of the year. A.J. Brown has the third best odds right now behind Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill. But A.J. Brown, if he can keep producing, he should definitely be in the offensive player of the year conversation. What bothers me is that none of the Eagles are in the top five, not even in the top ten for defensive player of the year. Hassan Reddick is all the way down as the 14th best odds to win defensive player of the year. But we do have Jalen Carter by far as the number one to win defensive rookie of the year. So that's interesting. That's interesting. But I told you Nick Sirianni, six for coaching. 
So we'll see how all that plays out, guys. But it's going to be a fun second half of the season. But on Sunday, we should all be sitting on our couch and really rooting for a few teams. Like I said, we want the Jags to win and beat the Niners. We want the Chargers to win and beat the Lions. We want the Commanders to go into Seattle and upset the Seahawks. And we would love, it's not going to happen, but we'd love to see DeVito and the Giants go in as 17-point dogs and knock off them boys in Dallas. But we'll see. But some good games to watch. But like we end every single week, or every day, I should say. This is a daily show. My other show is a weekly show. But this is a daily show with a little Today in Sports history. So in 19, where's the date? Where'd you go? I lost my uh, my date here. Here it is. 1957, November 10th, 1957. There was an NFL record crowd of over 102,000 people watched the 49ers and Rams game in L.A. That was a record at the time. So it had me thinking, well, what's the record now? So November 10th, 1957, they had over 102,000. The record right now is the 1994 preseason game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Houston Oilers in Mexico City. 112,000 people watched that game. And then I felt, thought, well, what? how many have ever seen a Super Bowl? What's the biggest Super Bowl? And that was the Steelers and the Rams in 1980 played at the Rose Bowl. Close to 104,000 people saw that game. So, Interesting, 1957, November 10th, 102,000. They haven't surpassed that by that much. Only 112 is the record. So a little interesting about the stats there. But, guys, appreciate all of you joining us for the Power Hour. It was another great week. Next week, we get to turn our attention to the Kansas City Chiefs Monday night game. But enjoy this Sunday. Enjoy watching the Red Zone, sitting back with the best record in the NFL at 8-1. and one. You guys know who to root for. And if you're not already following me at Legal Hands to the Face on Instagram, head on over to Instagram. Give me a follow. Give me a share. Follow me on Twitter at Bill Calarulo. I posted a couple of videos the last two days comparing the 2022 team to the 2023 team, breaking down the offensive comparisons, the defensive comparisons. And I'll have some more content coming down this weekend about this Eagles team. So if you love Eagles content, Follow at Legal Hands to the Face. It's all Eagles content every single day. But appreciate all of you. Smash that like button on the way out. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll be back here Monday, 10 o'clock, hopefully after watching some good NFL football. Talk soon, guys. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the odds. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.